can you all pick up your um, green sheets? I'm going to be reading all of the um, sections from Luke, so starting on the right-hand side um, with Luke chapter 3, 21 to 22. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too, and as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And then Luke 5, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And then Luke 6, verse 12. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Luke 9:18. Once, when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowds say I am? Luke chapter 9, 28 29. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Luke 11, 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Luke 22, 32. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Luke 22, 41. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. And finally, Luke 23, 44 to 45. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Great, thanks, Anna. And uh, do keep those green sheets in front of you. We're going to be uh, referring uh, probably to all of those uh, verses in the course of the sermon. Now, if you... uh, Oh, let's get the clicker. It always works better with the clicker. And... If you wanted to know about hockey, for instance, uh, then I suggest you might want to uh, talk to the Great Britain women's hockey team from the Olympics. Actually, they're not playing hockey there. They're running from the halfway line because uh, we've just scored the winning goal in the penalty shootout. Or uh, if you want to know how to play the cello, then I suggest you uh, might want to talk to this guy. Um, at the time he was 18, that's uh, uh, Sheku Kano Mason, the Young Musician of the Year in 2016. Um, if you wanted to... Uh, do you think you could shut the doors, David? It's really quite blinding. Thank you very much. Um, if you wanted to be, uh, know about singing, then you might want to talk to Bryn Turfel there, the uh, wonderful uh, Welsh bass baritone. You could talk to uh, Bryn about that. Now, in, um, in like vein, we thought that if you wanted to know about praying, then actually the best person to talk to is Jesus Christ. Because he is rather good at praying, isn't he? And uh, uh, we could learn a thing or two. And so this evening we're thinking about praying like Jesus. And we're thinking particularly not about Jesus teaching on praying, but about how he prays. And we're going to see what we can learn from that and apply to our lives. So uh, let's pray together now and ask that we would understand and we would wisely apply what we learn to our lives. Well, we know that Jesus prayed. And we, uh, we've seen that in the scriptures as uh, 
as in as read for us. And we pray that this evening, as we uh, look at these and study these together, we may understand them well and we would apply them wisely to our lives, we pray, for your name's sake. Amen. Well, in preparation, I, uh, uh, I grabbed a concordance and went through and found every reference to uh, Jesus actually praying in the New Testament. And on the green sheets, this is a, a summary of them. And I've distilled it into the main uh, three main points that you'll see on our uh, service outlines on the back here. And each of those three main points have got uh, three little subpoints. We'll go through fairly quickly. But we're going to be thinking this evening about three main things. How did Jesus pray? What should I pray for? And how do I pray? So first of all, first question, how did Jesus pray? How did Jesus pray? Well, the first thing we see here is that uh, Jesus made it a priority. And it would be a simple and straightforward application for us to say, well, it should be a priority for us as well. I suspect for most of us, if we're having a report written on our praying, it might be rather brief, like those very old school reports uh, of years ago. You know, the, you know, modern school reports are just full of faff and waffle, aren't they? And uh, frankly, just, I just when I read, when, well, when our children are at school, I just want to get through the waffle and get through to some kind of little things like they're not working hard enough, full stop, or uh, uh, could do better, or whatever it is. And uh, it seems to me that uh, we ought to have old-style style, old style school reports. And, uh, and if we did for our prayer lives then I'm sure there'd be things like could do better or must do much better or needs to make it a priority. Because Jesus simply made his own prayer life a clear priority in his life. So have a look at Mark 135 there. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prays. And Luke 6.12, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. You might also want to look at five, uh, Luke 5.16 and 11.1. Now, it seems to me, you're not going to get up while it's, uh, everyone's still in bed and go and find somewhere on your own and pray unless prayer is some kind of a priority in your life. And you won't spend all night praying uh, unless it is some kind of a priority in your life. If you go to uh, uh, Deadwood, which is a town in... Well, with a name like that, it has to be in America, doesn't it? Uh, it's in South Dakota. And uh, you'll find a, uh, uh, an inscription there left by a long-dead prospector. Uh, and the inscription says this, I lost my gun, I lost my hat horse, I'm out of food, the Indians are after me, but I've got all the gold I can carry. Sad, isn't it? Now, that was, uh, that was that guy's priority in life, to have all the gold that he could carry. Never mind about everything else, he'd got the gold. And Jesus, when it came to his priority, he simply seems to me, he put prayer first. I'm with the disciples, and I'm going to pray on my own. So I'm going to get up early, I'm going to get out there, I'm going to go away, and I'm going to be praying all night while they're asleep. It seems to be the single most important thing. If someone observed your life for a week... And at the end of it, they listed your top ten priorities. Now, I wonder what they would think they were. What do you think it would be? Well, I, you know, I've, I've observed this person this week, and I reckon their top priorities are their phone, Facebook, eating, sleeping, one or two television programs, schoolwork, and prayer? 
Well, I guess for many of us, uh, you'd never really know. You'd never really know that prayer was, in fact, a priority in our lives. But Jesus is a priority and a priority which became a habit. See, look at Luke 5.16, that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And, of course, the important word there is often. It's not just that he did it from time to time. He often did it. That's a habit. And uh, Jesus was getting into that habit. I wonder what's your own prayer habit? If you had to kind of describe it. I guess for some of us, maybe it would be that actually we pray once a week. Like we prayed with Matt just now. Uh, For others, I I guess we maybe I, I pray for five minutes and I run dry. Um, I was certainly like that when I was uh, a younger Christian. Um, or maybe for some of us, we pray for the same old people for 67 seconds, and then we fall asleep uh, because we're doing it last thing at night. And I was certainly like that as a younger Christian as well. We need to be making this prayer a priority. Um, and that's going to be praying uh, in all sorts of ways. It's going to be praying, for instance, at the big times. Here you see Jesus praying, for instance, before the Transfiguration. That's in Luke 9 and verses um, 28 and 29 there. Um, he prayed on the night before he died. We'll come back to this. But Matthew 26, for instance, verse 36, Luke 22, Mark 14. Uh, he prayed all night in Luke 6. That's just before he was calling the 12 apostles. Big decisions. He spent the night praying before them. And so for Jesus, prayer was so important, it became a priority. And after having become a priority, it became a habit in his life. And it meant that he really prayed before the big events, before the bigger decisions in life. So uh, that's the first thing. Make it a priority, just like Jesus did. The second thing is, make space to pray. Jesus did. He got out on his own. He got to a a situation where he would be uninterrupted, away from other people. You can see that in Mark 1.35, can't you? Uh, Very early in the morning, still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You can also see it in Matthew uh, uh, 14 and uh, and Mark 6 there. Jesus got away to pray. Find your place. Find your time. Find a place and time where there will be no interruptions, where there's, you know, there's no phone or leave it somewhere else. And the time to pray. Find your special place. Is it your bedroom? Could it be a spare room in the house? Could it be somewhere outside? Could it be here? This room is free most of the week. How about popping in ten minutes on your way home from school each day? And the office will be open, the church will be open. Come and pray. This could be your special place. Find the place. And also, uh, make time to pray. Take the opportunities to pray. Um, Jesus was uh, often with loads of other people. Um, uh, you know, it's probably with Jesus many times. It was like a, probably like a crowd leaving the Amex after a, a Brighton Hove Albion match. Um, but even with all those crowds and with that busyness and people demanding his attention and pressing in on him and so on, he still found time to pray. Luke six twelve just says, one of those Jesus went, Jesus went up to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. That's a long time. Imagine two o'clock in the morning. It's cold. Three o'clock, four o'clock, it's dark, and Jesus prays on. Uh, The best and the longest prayer of Jesus that we have in the Bible is in John 17. And uh, 
Uh, I haven't got it all there, but it starts in verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, your hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. And then at the end of it, John 18:1, the last of our little verses there, when he'd finished praying, Jesus left his disciples and crossed the Kidron Valley. So in other words, Jesus didn't pray all the time. He finished praying. And they did other stuff as well. And also, uh, we just note that Jesus actually spent time praying. Maybe it's something to put in our diaries that is going to be sacrosanct, that time. You know, I'm going to spend an hour on Monday evenings praying. I'm going to pray from 8 till 9 every Monday night. Put it in the diary. Nothing else is going to come in the, in the way there. That's my commitment. Or, uh, uh, or maybe... Um, uh, uh, other decisions, other times, you know, saying I'm, I, I can, after the kids have gone to school, maybe I can do a, do a, do a, a Friday morning from, uh, I don't know, 9.30 till 10 or something. That'll be my time. Grab a cup of coffee and go and pray or whatever it would be. So how did Jesus pray? Well, he made it a priority. He made space to pray and he made time to pray. Now, there are lots of specific things that we uh, might think, well, actually, I could, I could apply that to my life. Second, what should I pray for? Okay, well, maybe we've made that commitment. We're going to pray. Uh, perhaps we've told friends we're going to pray for uh, 20 minutes a day or whatever it would be. Uh, and it's prayer time. It's, say, it's, uh, say it's 9.30 on, uh, on a Friday morning or something like that. Then you sit down and what do you pray for? And think, well, okay, I'll start with my family. So you spend a minute praying for the family. And then I'm going to pray for my friends. So it's a couple of minutes praying for my friends. And uh, and you think, actually, I've got some more friends than that. I'll pray another couple of minutes. So it's four minutes praying for your friends. And you think, I'm going to pray for the church. So maybe we'll pray for the staff. So a minute or two praying for the uh, for the. Um, uh, for the church and, and, and folks here. And you think, I could pray for my small group, so that's a minute. And then, what do I do then? Well, you look at your watch. And what am I going to pray for now? Well, there are some particular things that might help us with this. Uh, first of all, pray for God's glory. So, in John 17, 1, uh, Jesus says, Father, the hour has come. That's the hour, the hour for Jesus to die. Glorify your Son... That's talking about Jesus' death, that your son may glorify you. Now, we know that prayer is not just asking for stuff. Um, uh, but, there, uh, uh, but, there, but there, we have to say there is no problem in bringing our needs to God. I mean, there are some terribly holy people who say, well, I, of course, I never ask for things from God, making you feel terribly second rate. Actually, I think if you never ask for things from God, then you're pretty second rate. Because actually you're saying, well, I've got no needs because I meet them all myself. It's a very arrogant thing to say. Actually, of course, we will bring things to God. What child never asks for things from their mum or dad? And if you ever find one, then you think that something is terribly wrong, wouldn't you? But if you're not asking things of God, why is that? Jesus did. Do you think you can manage on your own? That's not very holy, is it? Actually, asking things of God is a holy way of praying and showing our dependence of him. Now, of course, prayer covers... Uh, the, the idea of praying, it covers all sorts of uh, things and ways of praying and so on, uh, including simply worshipping and praising God for what he's like including thanking God for things he's done, including confessing our sins to God, and so on. And as we pray, as Jesus prayed, it is also keeping an eye on God's glory. We want God to be glorified in answer to our prayers. 
So Jesus uh, says here uh, in John 17, 1, that your son may glorify you. So how can God be best glorified through our prayers? Well, if you're praying for someone who's not a Christian, that they might become a Christian, then that will bring God glory. If you're praying that someone will grow as a Christian, then that will help them to grow as a Christian, and it will uh, bring God's glory in that. If they start witnessing as a Christian, encouraging other people to find out more about Jesus, then that brings God glory as well. So have a mind of thinking, what would bring glory to God as you pray? Pray for God's glory. Second thing is, pray for people. At the Last Supper, Jesus turns to Simon Peter, and he says, Luke twenty-two thirty-two, I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And in John 17, uh, Jesus' great prayer for his people, if you look at uh, verse 9 uh, there, well, they seem to be out of order, don't they? Um, and verse 15 and verse 20, uh, it's praying for people. And there's no end of people we can pray for. And I have to say, I'm a great believer in lists, because I'm not very imaginative, okay? So uh, in here, for instance, today, when you came to church, you were given a list. This is our prayer diary for a church. It's a list of stuff that's going on. Let's use it to pray. Um, uh, sometimes on staff prayers and, uh, uh, and on my own, in my own prayers, BH Church Directory, R run through and pray for a... Uh, pray for a page of people per day, or if, if that seems like a bit too much, pray for half a page a day and pray for the people here. Don't imagine we don't know them. Lord, we pray that, um, you know, here's someone, um, Charlie and Jackie Rice. If you don't know who they are, you can still pray for Charlie and Jackie Rice and uh, pray, Lord, that they would uh, grow in their understanding, their love of you, and be able to serve you every day of their lives. Amen. Um, or you can, in the back of my, uh, my I'm, I'm very old-fashioned, you see, because I've got file of facts here. And in the back, I have lots of lists, new people and KO people and rooted people and uh, uh, all sorts of other things. And people to pray for on Monday and Tuesday and, and all the rest of it. So lots of lists and so on, mission partners and, uh, uh, and so on. I've got a great big wallet at home with all sorts of uh, prayer diaries and things to pray through. There's all sorts of stuff. And, you know, lots of the great prayer warriors in history uh, pray for a, have prayed for a long time because they've got long lists of people to pray for. And then they work carefully and methodically through the list. And they can pray the same sorts of things for people. So, uh, you know, you pray through the list of people going to Woolly, for instance. We'll get a list of people going to Woolly. We'll pray, get a list of people going to Formar. You may not know them. You can pray exactly the same stuff. You just change the name. That's okay. Jesus did that. He prayed the same stuff. In fact, he used the same words in Gethsemane the night before he died. Uh, so pray for God's glory. Pray for people. There are all sorts of people. You know, if you sat down and prayed for everyone here tonight, it would take you quite a long time, wouldn't it? You might not know everyone's name. But actually, pray for people. Simple. Not always terribly, you know, it's hard work, but it's simple. Pray for people and pour out your hearts. The night before he died, Jesus was doing just that. He was in huge distress. Uh, he was telling God, uh, you know, how it was, how he was feeling, his heavenly father. Uh, you look at Luke 22 there, and verses 41 and then 44 to 45. And you look at Mark 14 and th uh, verse 32. You see Jesus' huge distress. Our Lord and our Master praying on the night before he died, praying on the night before the sin of the world was laid upon him. And he became sin as he died for you and for me. And he poured out his heart. He was honest. He held nothing back from his Heavenly Father. He told him how he was feeling. He did not uh, 
Yeah, he didn't hold back and be reserved about it. And when we, can, when we pray, we can do the same. Tell God how it is, how we feel, what we want to say. Some people seem to think that God is only interested when we're uh, feeling holy and when we're doing well. That's not the case at all. That's a lie of the devil. Tell God how it is, how you are today. Have a chat. A man's daughter asked the local vicar to come and see her dad, who uh, just had a few weeks to live. And the vicar arrived, they had a chat and a pray together. The guy was propped up in bed and so on. And, uh, uh, and there was an empty chair in the, in the, uh, across the room. And the, the vicar said, so uh, what, uh, what, what, what's the chair about? And so on. Should I, should I, should I fetch it? And, uh, and the guy said, no, I don't want you. I want you to sit uh, on the chair from the landing if you could bring it in. And after they had a prayer and a chat and so on, the vicar said, so, so what's with the chair then? What's with this empty chair? Um, just, uh, well, not across the room, it's just next door to the bed. And he said, the guy in the bed, who was, uh, not, who was pretty poorly at this stage, said this, well, I've never told anyone this, but all my life I've never really known how to pray until one day four years ago, a friend of mine said to me, Jim, prayer is simply pouring out your heart to God. So I suggest you get a chair, sit down opposite it, Imagine Jesus is sitting in the the empty chair and just tell him how it is. Just speak to him in the same way that you are to me now. So I cried it. I liked it so much. I do it a couple of hours every day now. And the vicar was really encouraged and uh, uh, he told the man to keep on praying uh, to the Jesus chair. And then uh, a couple of weeks later, he got a a call from uh, Jim's daughter uh, saying that Jim had died peacefully that afternoon while she had popped out to the corner shop. And she said, it's a bit strange, but it's lovely at the same time. He looked so peaceful, and yet he hardly looked very comfortable at all, because he'd leaned over to that empty chair by his bed, and he'd rested his his head on the arm, and there he died. Let's pray. Pour out your heart. What should I pray for? Pray for God's glory. Pray for people. Pour out your heart. And, uh, and then the uh, final question is this. How do I pray? Pray to your Father. That's how Jesus taught us to pray, wasn't it? When you pray, say, Our Father. We're praying to our Heavenly Father who, who loves us. Look, or look at 17.1. Jesus said this. He looked towards heaven and prayed, Father. And we call God Father too, as Jesus did, our older brother did. And we pray because we're in this relationship with God. He is our loving, good, heavenly Father in heaven. And we trust him. And we know he loves us. And we know he's alive. And we know he listens. And we know uh, we've been brought into his family. The church is the family of God. And we come as sons and daughters to the living God, to our heavenly daddy, to speak to him, to tell him how it is. So how do I pray? Well, the first thing is uh, pray to your father. The second thing here is to repeat yourself praying. Well, you don't have to, but I want to say it's okay to repeat yourself. Jesus did it. Again, Garden of Gethsemane. Look at uh, Mark 14:39. Have we got Mark? Yes, there we are. Bottom left-hand side. Once more, he, as Jesus, went away and prayed the same thing. 
And Matthew 26, 44, so he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. And if you've got the ESV translation of uh, Matthew 26, I think it says, I think it's of, of that version, uh, of that uh, verse, it says, saying the same words. I find that curiously encouraging. Because in the Garden of Gethsemane, as Jesus is pouring out his heart to his Heavenly Father the night before he died, he goes back, finds the disciples asleep, and he goes back to his prayer spot and he says the same thing. In fact, he more than likely used the same, well, he did, Matthew records that, that one of those times he used the same words. And so I want to say, when we pray, it's okay to repeat yourself. You don't have to be terribly imaginative. You don't have to worry that, oh, I said the same thing yesterday or the night before or whatever it is. You know, tonight, uh, when, or any time you come to church, when you say the Lord's Prayer, if you've been coming to church, say, once a week for 50 years, you've said the Lord's Prayer 2,500 times and more. That's quite good, isn't it? That's quite good for repeating yourself. Okay? We do repeat ourselves. Okay, we're Anglican and we have liturgy and we repeat ourselves. But we do do it and it's okay. Okay? Um, just pray. It doesn't matter if we use the same words as last time. We do that week by week, month by month, year by year. It's all right. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, and then uh, ponder your posture. Luke twenty-two forty-one. Look at this. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them. Again, God in Gethsemane knelt down and prayed. Now, on that occasion, we don't know if it's every time, but Jesus knelt to pray. How about you? What's your normal posture? Is it 99% of the time you pray? Do you sit? I guess that's what most of us do, isn't it? It's the uh, Timothy position, usually. You, you kind of lean forward bow your head, hands on your head. You know, it's like washing your hair, really, isn't it? And, uh, um, well, how about standing to pray? Or walking to pray? Or kneeling to pray? Or laying down, prostrate to pray? I mean, in church, we always used to kneel, didn't we? I wonder why, why we don't do that now. I mean, you could kneel at home to pray very easily. In KO, you could kneel to pray, couldn't you? Think about what your posture says to God. seems to me, if you're just slouched on the couch, as if you're watching you know, some late-night television or something, praying, what are you saying? What's your posture saying? Might it be saying, God, I'm not really taking this terribly seriously, and frankly, I'm not really taking you terribly seriously. Um, I don't really believe that you're the God of the whole universe in wonderful majesty and awe. Could be saying that, couldn't it? Or if you're kneeling, what does that say? Could it be saying, I'm humbly kneeling before the God of the universe who has mercifully called me into his family and he calls me his son, his daughter. And now I'm about to speak to him in the sure and certain knowledge that he will hear and answer. Seems to me kneeling could be quite a good thing as we pray. We don't have to. But we do know that Jesus did it at least once. And I suspect he did it rather a lot. Well, we're going to be quiet now. 
and uh, just uh, a few moments to have a think of maybe of one thing that you might do slightly differently as a result of uh, being here and listening and reading on those green sheets and all those things that Jesus did as he prayed. And then uh, we'll be back to Trevor. Let's just be quiet before God for a moment.